Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Today is the second of two that I'm teaching on the subject of the judgment of God for believers that will be at the judgment seat of Christ and then also for unbelievers that will be the great white throne judgment. Which one will you be found at? If you accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, you'll only show up at the first one and you'll be allowed to go into heaven for one simple reason. You've received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But what good is the book of works? Let's talk about that today. Let's go to the word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Glad to have you here today. I have been teaching over the past numbers a broadcast on the subject of theology, starting out with the theology of God, learning about God. We've talked about redemption, justification. There's been all kinds of things we've looked at in different categories. And then we actually began yesterday on the last one, we're talking about two judgments. And one will be in heaven for the believer, and then a thousand years later, the other one will be in heaven too for the unbelievers. And for the believers, it's not to whether or not you go to heaven, it'll be rewards for what we've done on earth after we were saved. But for the unbeliever, it will be for going to heaven or not. The believer falls back on the book of life. What do I mean by that? Whenever anybody questions me, do I know if I'm going to heaven or not? I don't parade all my stuff from the book of works. I don't talk about how I've fed people, helped people, uh, given to the needy. I don't bring up all those different things. I bring up only one thing. I fall back on the book of life. I have received Jesus as the Lord and Savior of my life. If that's the case, then the book of works I'll be rewarded from. But the unbeliever doesn't fall back on the book of life because he doesn't believe in believing in Jesus. He thinks that his works will get to heaven. So he starts bragging about his works. If you brag on your works, there's no way you're going to heaven because the book of works will not send you to heaven. The book of works is intended by God to be rewards for accepting Jesus as Savior. Bob's going to stand before God. If he even asked me this question, why should I let you in? I'm going to say, because I accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of my life. I'll fall back on this and God will say, good, let's open up the book of works and I'll reward you from that. But if a person's name is not found in the book of life, they fall back on the book of works. God says, okay, let's take a look at all of your works. And they, he starts talking about them. The person says, yeah, I did all that. Yeah, I did all that. I did all that. And what's my score? And God might say to them, 95, 94. They'll say, oh, wonderful. That's a high score. I can go to heaven. No, you have to make 100. Well, what if I make a 99.9? No, that's still an F. You mean there's no B's or C's? There's no B's, C's, or D's. Listen, I can tell you there's only two scores, an A or an F, and you have to get 100 to get an A. Anything less than that is an F. Well, how can I ever get to heaven? You should have accepted my son because he's the only one who ever made a 100 on my test. And by accepting him, you get to go into heaven on his score. And so because of that, they're going to be thrown in the lake of fire. The Bible says because this person who's found the book of works, it doesn't say they get to go to heaven. It said because their name is not found written in the book of life, they are cast into the lake of fire forever and forever. It comes back to this. Works do not justify us before God. This is found in Romans chapter 4 and verse 2. But works do justify us before the world. So it's possible for a sinner to produce human good, but divine good can only be produced by the indwelling Holy Spirit. A sinner doesn't have the Holy Spirit. Works which lead a person to Jesus is how we show the world our faith. Our works are our witness. The Great Commission, we take it to the world. The works are a display of our Christian growth, discipleship.
You know, there was a government leader and this man was not a, was not a Christian. I knew that. This man was just against the things of God, known in Congress, known in the Senate for his strong stand against Christianity. And he went back to his hometown on a Christmas break one time. They were dedicating a park in his hometown and asked him to come and dedicate the park. So he did. At the end, it was such a short dedication. He says, are there any questions? And there were a few local, you know, people there from the television networks. They started asking questions. And one of them said this, why are you so against Christians? He said, I'm not against Christians. He said, I'm not against all Christians. I don't like the Christians who believe the Bible and live by it. Ah, there you go. See, that's what God loves. God not only loves the believer, he loves the believer who then believes in the Bible and stands on it. This is what Jesus said when he said on the day he was preaching and said, and many believed on him, Jesus said to those who just believed in him, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Jesus doesn't want us to just become Christians. He wants us to become disciples, and a disciple is one who not only believes in Jesus, but follows him. So what are good works? Well, there's good works listed in the Bible, and there's bad works, there's right and wrong uses of works. Works are wrong when they are used by a sinner to earn salvation from God. Works are wrong when, by a believer, we use works to earn God's love or to gain the acclaim of people. That is wrong. We are wrong with works whenever a believer tries to cover up his sins with good works. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, if a Christian sins, and Christians do sin, that's found throughout the Old and the New Testament. Those who put their faith and trust in God still have a struggle with the flesh. David committed adultery. We can go down the list of things into the New Testament too. But when a believer suddenly sins, and instead of confessing it by 1 John 1, 9, they try to go to the opposite extreme and cover them up with good deeds. I'll attend church more. Won't impress God because you're carnal. You're out of fellowship with God. The Holy Spirit lives in you but doesn't control you. So the first thing they do is try to cover up their sins. I'll go to church more. I'll increase my giving. I'll begin to tithe. I'll become an usher in the church. And we think all of this will impress God and he will come back with his favor on us. There's only one thing that produces God's favor on a believer. And that is by no longer being a carnal Christian, but by being a spiritual Christian. Confess your sins. God is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins, then cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Works are right and wrong when they are used for the right things. Whenever our good works are used to win the lost, that is something God appreciates. In fact, it's the highest of the callings that God has given to us here in this earth. The Great Commission. He's given to us so that we can go into all the world and preach the gospel, depend on the power of the Holy Spirit, but you're not doing it to try to impress God. You're doing it because you love people. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and he's asking us to do the same thing. So we, as Christians, should enter into witnessing to the world, and whether that includes giving clothes or food or anything like that, we understand it's not the things we give them that's going to save them, but they're going to show our love toward them because it was the love of God that caused Jesus to go to the cross and die for them. Works are good or bad because of the motive behind them. For the sinner, the motive behind it is, I'm going to do good works and I'll get to heaven. I'm going to be good toward people. I don't want all this believing in Jesus thing because I'm not sure all the stuff, why I need to do that. But I can note, tell you this, I'm sure God will be impressed by a good life. He's not impressed by a good life unless you're a Christian in fellowship with God 
and under the control of the Holy Spirit. So again, works are good or bad because of the motive behind them. And the same is true for a Christian. If you are trying with your motive to impress God with your good works, God's not impressed. He's impressed with the motive of love in a Christian operating toward the world, operating toward him. So good works are used in the word of God to reach the lost. Creation is God's works and are used to teach the lost. Hebrews chapter one and verse 10 says this, you Lord in the beginning have laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the works of your hands. Notice this, what God does as works is to win people to the Lord. And in Romans chapter one and verse 20, this is amplified. The invisible things of him, that is God, the invisible things of God from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. Well, what about the people in these different countries that have never heard the gospel? God has displayed it in the heavens and shown his eternal power and Godhead. Did you know that the universe out there and all of creation even displays their three members of the Godhead. It shows his eternal power, but even represents the fact there's more than one member of the Godhead. There's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Then it goes on to say, so that they are without excuse. They can't say, I didn't live in an educated country where they had Christianity and they had Bibles. Without Christianity, without a Bible, God has displayed the Bible in heaven, and the heavens basically become a Bible to teach everybody. In the word of God, signs and wonders are called works and should be used to win the lost. Notice this, God's works are used to win the lost. Therefore, our works should be used to win the lost. And Jesus was the example of this. In John chapter nine and verse four, Jesus said, I must work the works of him who sent me. Now, what kind of works was he talking about? Healing the sick, raising the dead, having the lame walk, the blind see. These are the works that Jesus was sent to do. And I must work the works of him who sent me. What's the purpose of works? In this earth and even God's works to win souls to Jesus Christ. John 14, 12. Jesus said, the works that I do, you will do also and greater works than these you will do. Ministering to people's needs is called works and should be also used to win the lost. James chapter two, verses 14 through 16 tells us that by giving food and clothing and taking care of people in need, all this out of a heart of love will help to win them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Christianity is not a charity. It's not just something we open up something and give away clothes so that people can have them because they'll be back again. It doesn't meet the basic need inside of a person. But it's all right to give food and give clothing if what's attached to it is the gospel of Jesus Christ. I completely agree with these who have openings where people can come and get clothing and food, but you have to listen to the gospel first. I love that. I appreciate that. We want to show you something. There's something better than food. There's something better than clothing. And believe me, you don't have to have a two-hour sermon or a one-hour sermon. In 10 to 15 minutes, you can make the gospel so clear and then have an altar call where they come to the front and receive Jesus and assure them that when they receive Jesus, their clothing will still be back there. Their food will still be back there, but they're going to have the greatest need met in their life 
life, which is not their physical hunger or their physical nakedness, is the fact that they do not have Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Jesus did good works and gave to the poor, but what was the purpose of it? Jesus did this so that he could win them over to the Lord Jesus Christ himself. John 13 and verse 29, some thought he would give to the poor and that's his disciples. He gave so often to the poor that the disciples thought that when Judas ran out the door with the money bag, he was going to give money to the poor. Jesus did this so often, but Jesus did not give money to the poor just so they'd have some money in their hand. He gave money to the poor as a display of his love on the inside. This is why we as Christians do good works, to show the world not only do we have a message, but we care. What backs this is not some legalistic thing where I have to witness. No, we get to witness because we love people. Paul did good works and he gave to the poor. Galatians chapter two and verse 10 said that the, the Jerusalem council, they ask us to remember the poor of which we were eager to do. He said, you know what? They didn't have to talk us into it. Man, we love to do things like that. And so again, the purpose of it was to win people to the Lord Jesus Christ. When we come back from the break, we'll continue here with this thought. But again, we're talking about the fact there's gonna be two judgments in heaven. One for the one that's received Jesus, that's the Christian, and the one who's rejected Jesus, they'll be cast in the lake of fire. But it all comes back to this. Have you accepted Jesus Christ or haven't you? See you right after the break. Bible doctrines are easy to understand. They only seem difficult because they often come disguised as complicated or deep-sounding concepts, but their explanations are simple. In Theology Simplified, Volume 2, Bob Yandian breaks down eight more foundational doctrines that will bring strength and stability to your Christian life. Twelve messages include the Bible doctrines of advocacy, the church, dispensations, the fall of man, the study of God, the judgments, faith for salvation, and unlimited atonement. These 12 episodes from the Student of the Word broadcasts are available as audio CDs, video DVDs, or both audio and video on a USB flash drive. To order Theology Simplified Volume 2, visit our website at bobyandian.com. John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Without the Word of God, our lives would be unstable and without direction. There would be no hope for believers or, for that matter, the entire world. In this seven-part series, Pastor Bob Yandian emphasizes and explains the vital necessity of the Word of God in the life of every believer. Sermon titles include, A More Sure Word of Prophecy, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, God's reputation, the wisdom of God's Word, the merchandise of wisdom, wisdom, riches, and honor, and Jesus, our wisdom. To order, go to bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. For those of you possibly watching for the first time today or for the 20th time today, or maybe for the 50th time today, I want you to understand something. The reason why I do this is because I love you. 
And there's people out there that love you too. In fact, they love me so much. They love the word I'm preaching so much. They love Jesus so much. They actually give into this broadcast to make this possible. Understand something. I'm not here only because I've been gifted. I'm not only here because God has called me. I'm here also because others believe in this message so much and believe in the importance of the teaching of the word of God so much. They send finances in on a monthly basis. If you've been watching this broadcast for some time, I'd love to have you become a supporter of the broadcast. You may never never ever in this lifetime see any results of that giving. But when you go to heaven, you'll have them parade in front of you forever and forever. Someone will come to you and say, because of your giving to Bob's broadcast, my pastor received Jesus as Lord and Savior. He was a sinner, but received him and got a call on his life and opened up a church. I got saved in that church. And then I went out and do missions work in that church. I've got others saved too. And I want you to meet all the people that have got saved under my ministry. Then those people start introducing people that got saved under their ministry, which introduces people got saved under that person's ministry. It goes on and on. You'll be in heaven forever going, good Lord, the, the $50 or $20 I sent in every single month, look what it did. And you'll find out again something that money just keeps on working whether you realize it or not. Never takes a day off, works 24 hours a day, never takes a vacation, works tirelessly all the time. And that's what your finances do when you put into the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you'd like to become a partner with me, and I'd love it, and there's people out there just anticipating, waiting for you to do so, so they can hear the gospel, or they know there's a need in their life and they've never received Jesus. They're praying and God's speaking to your heart to become a part of them hearing the gospel. Go to my website, bobyandian.com. You'll find a place there where you can become a partner with me and join me in this mission of teaching people the word of God to first get them saved, but next of all, make disciples out of them. Uh, Lonnie writes in a praise report, and says, thank you for your word, Pastor Bob. So this is again, Lonnie was blessed by the word of God and her life was changed. Let's talk about uh, Karen. Karen says, caught your television program today and you really spoke to my heart about the importance of speaking with tongues. You explained it so simply and beautifully. Thank you. Well, thank you, Karen, for listening. And listen, this is my gift. I love to take the word of God and make it simple. If it's not simple, I keep studying it until it becomes simple. And so again, what a great blessing. We're talking about the importance of good works. Look at Matthew chapter 10 and verse 21. The purpose of good works is so that people will receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. I remember going years ago to Catherine Kuhlman's meetings. My wife and I would go to the meetings and there would be huge miracles going on one after another after another when she gave an invitation at the end for people to come and receive Jesus. Many, 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 many came up to the front and there was this packed a multitude up front. And I used to think, okay, all those people still out there in the congregation or those sitting out there in their seats, you know, they're all sinners. All the people came up here to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. But I was so surprised when she even brought up later, as did Or Roberts and other ministers. No, all of those that came up came to receive Jesus, but there's a whole lot of people out there that hear the word of God and still do not receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. The Bible says Jesus healed many in the multitudes, and it says, and he healed, in fact, it says he healed all. There was numbers of times that Jesus healed all the sick that came, and then after that says, and many believed in him. That even shows that of all the sick that God healed, all those who you know were now walking and couldn't walk before, seeing and couldn't see before, 
they got healed under Jesus' ministry, but not all of them received him. They probably said, thank you for that. That's what we wanted. They go home, but they never received Jesus as Savior. The purpose of good works is so that a person can receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Matthew 10, 21 says, Jesus began to upbraid the cities in which most of his mighty works were done because they did not repent. Notice this. It says most of his mighty works were done. He did went to the hard cities, the rebellious cities, and did signs and wonders, but says that most most of them that he did that because they did not repent. So there was always a group of people that don't receive. John 10, 25. Jesus said, the works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. This is what good works are for, to bear witness of Jesus Christ and to lead people to Jesus. Some people will listen to the gospel and receive Jesus. Others will listen to the gospel and not receive, but a miracle thrown in on it shakes them to their core and they begin to realize something. I couldn't do that. That had to be the power of God. And if God can heal my body, then apparently he can also save me. So they'll receive him as savior. This is what the purpose is. This is why the Great Commission includes laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover, casting out devils. So Jesus said in John 14, verse 11, believe in me for the very work's sake. He said, listen, if you don't know exactly if I'm saying the right thing or not, look at my works. My works speak of who I am. So John 14, 11 says, believe in me for the very works sake. Notice good works are to eventually bring people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Works are the basis of our rewards in time and in eternity. Matthew 16, 27, the son of man will come in the glory of his father with his angels. And then he will reward every man, this is Christians, believers, according to his works. So works become a basis of our rewards, not only in time, but also in eternity. There's rewards down here for following Jesus, rewards down here in this life for laying hands on sick people, rewards in this life for giving into the gospel, but the greater rewards will be in heaven and they are eternal. Matthew chapter 25, verses 34 through 36 says this, then the king will say to those on his right hand, this is Christians, believers. This is the end of the tribulation when Jesus comes and judges the nations. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, those believers, come you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you took me in. Naked and you clothed me, I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. What's he saying? I came to you, oh, when, when did you come? We never saw you come. Anyone who went in my name is me coming to visit you. So he says, next of all, I was the person in need. I was sick and you visited me. You, you were in prison, Jesus said, yes. I represent those that you've come to visit and by looking at a sinner, like you're addressing the Lord Jesus Christ himself, I became sin, I became sickness, I became that person you're looking at right there. I did that because I loved you that much and loved them that much. It should make you even more eager to want to witness to somebody. The judgment seat of Christ will be for Christians. Remember, there's gonna be two judgments in heaven. The one is gonna happen immediately after the rapture of the church and for the seven years the tribulation is going on on earth, in heaven will be the judgment seat of Christ. Or as it's better stated, the Greek word for judgment seat means the rewards seat of Christ. We will already be Christians. We will already be part of the family of God. And we're gonna be taken up into heaven and the judgment seat of Christ, called the reward seat of Christ, will cleanse our life from the bad deeds we have done as Christians. 
Fire will descend upon them. Those things done outside of fellowship with God, outside the control of the Holy Spirit, done in the works of our flesh will be burned up and will be rewarded for what's left over. So our bad works will be burned up and judged at the judgment seat of Christ. Take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to take a look at verses 10 through 15. Here it says, according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. Paul came into Corinth. Paul came into Ephesus, laid the foundation, departed from there, and then people came after him like Timothy and Titus and others and built on that foundation, taking over the local churches and preaching in that. He says, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can any man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Paul didn't say he was the foundation. He's the foundation builder. He laid the foundation of Jesus Christ in their lives and he says, now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw. What is this? The gold, silver, and precious stones are works done in the spirit, in love with God, out of love for people. And because we do that with the right motive, they're called gold, silver, and precious stones. What about wood, hay, and straw? This is what we do when we're out of fellowship with God, outside the control of the Holy Spirit, and we're producing works. They may look a lot like to the natural eye, the same works, but the motives behind them turn them into wood, hay, and straw. Each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test everyone's works of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved yet so through fire. God said that all this will be laying there on a foundation which can't be burned up because it's Jesus. The fire will descend and all the wood, hay, and straw will be burned up. What's left over, you'll be rewarded for. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 and 10 tells us our good works will be rewarded at the judgment seat of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 9 and 10. Because of this, the fact that we will die one day, we work. Man, we know we don't have much time because we're going to die one day. But until that time, we need to work for Jesus. So whether present, that's here in this life, or absent, gone to be with the Lord, we may be accepted by him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. This is, again, believers, that everyone may receive for the things done in his body according to what he has done, whether it be good or bad. The book of life, that's when we get born again, guarantees we will be in heaven but the book of works will get us rewards in heaven. And so what we did after we were saved for love of God and out of love toward people, again, gets rewarded in heaven. We as Christians, when questioned about our Christianity, we fall back on the book of life. And then because of that, God will reward us from the book of works. Again, there's two books in heaven, the book of life and the book of works, and this is how we began. And so what this is simply saying is from the book of life, that's how you get into heaven. But the book of works determines your rewards after you get born again. But if your name is not found in the book of life, then as a religious person, you'll fall, probably fall back on your works because this is what happens. I've talked to so many people and asked them, do you believe if you die, you'll end up going to heaven? Oh, well, yes, I've been, I've been good. Oh, I know I have some bad, but I think my good will outweigh my bad. And they begin to fall back on their works. They fall back on the book of works, but the book of works will not get you into heaven. 
The book of works simply is designed by God that if you've been born again and you fall back on the book of life, I've received Jesus, this book, the book of works becomes your reward. But what happens when you fall back on the book of works, you're, no matter how many good works you've done, you'll never equal what God wants. And that's a score of 100. Jesus is the only one who's ever scored a 100 on God's test. And if you accept him, you get his score. You say, well, wait a minute, if that happened in school, that'd be called cheating. Well, it may be cheating here on earth, but in heaven it's called grace. If you accept Jesus, God will take his score and transmit it to you. And if you say, when you get to heaven, I'm gonna get in because of his score, I accepted him, God said, fine. And the doors will swing wide open for us to walk into heaven because I'm not going into heaven to find eternal life. I found it on earth. Thanks for watching today. We'll see you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. Visit bobyandian.com. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.